0: Hey there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another episode of t for I am so glad you're along for the ride. If you're interested in economics or the social science that studies the production, distribution, and consumption of goods and services, then this is the episode for you. And even if you think you may not be interested in this as a career, you are definitely going to want to keep tuning in because my next guest broke a glass ceiling to make it to the very top of her profession. But before I introduce you to Dr. Janet Yellen, the first chairwoman of the Federal Reserve System, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's our weekly newsletter that gives you a sneak peek on the guests that we're going to be featuring that week. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time4coffee.org and the sign-up box is right there on the homepage. Now please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my esteemed guest is Dr. Janet Yellen, a distinguished fellow in residence with the Economic Studies Program at the Brookings Institution and the former chair of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, serving from 2014 to 2018 as the first woman to head that institution. During her tenure, the U.S. unemployment rate dropped from 6.7% to 4.1%, reportedly in part because of Dr. Yellen's efforts to continue stimulating the economy even after unemployment fell to 5%. Prior to her appointment as chair of the Fed, Dr. Yellen served as vice chair of the Board of Governors, taking office in October 2010. Previously, she was president and chief executive officer of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors under President Bill Clinton, and business professor at the University of California, Berkeley Haas School of Business. Dr. Janet Yellen, (laughs) welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you
1: caffeinated and ready to go? Andrea, thanks for having me. I am caffeinated and ready to go.
0: Wonderful. And I want our Java junkies to know, that you have said it is fine for me to address you as Janet. Yes, of course. Please do. And I also want our Java junkies to know that you told me that when you were at the Fed in San Francisco,
1: Francisco, you used to do a Java with Janet. did. This was a way to get to know employees and find out what they were doing and thinking about and to connect with them. Wonderful. So you are very familiar with
0: a caffeinated career conversation. I am. I am. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, Janet, I would love for us to jump into our espresso shots. And these are the 10 quick questions that help our community better understand, in this case, the field of economics. Very good. So my first question is, what entry-level jobs are available
1: to young people who are interested in getting into this field? It really depends on just what a person wants to do in the field. If one's goal is to hold an academic job, to be a professor in a university, teaching economics or a high level research job in an agency like the Federal Reserve, where there are about 300 PhDs just in Washington, or to serve a think tank like Brookings or the American Enterprise Institute, those jobs definitely require training beyond the undergraduate level and often a PhD. And as an entry-level job, if somebody wants to take that route, my recommendation would be to work for a year or two as a research assistant, either for a university professor or the Federal Reserve hires armies of research assistants. Brookings hires many research assistants. And this is really a great way to start to learn about what professional economists do. It's a way to learn about research skills, and it's a way to find out before making a commitment to getting, say, a PhD, it's a way to find out if this is really a job that you will enjoy. Because most undergraduates who've taken some coursework really don't know what it means to do research and the kinds of problems that PhDs, economists work on. So in a research assistant job, you will typically work very closely with senior economists. You'll learn valuable data analysis and research skills and deepen your knowledge of the subject and be able to figure out, is this a career you really want to pursue? But I also want to say, For people who are majoring in economics, there are lots of jobs that do not require a PhD, although some require some advanced training, ultimately an MBA, a master's in public policy, or a master's in international finance or international affairs. And I'm thinking here of jobs in business, finance, real estate, banking, audit, market research, healthcare, the environment, human resources management, jobs in government, nonprofit organizations. In all of these jobs, the key skill set is analytical ability and critical thinking skills an ability to manipulate and describe data and to recognize linkages among different phenomena. Economics graduates that have good analytic and communication skills can often get jobs at consulting firms like McKinsey or Bain, where they'll work with data, develop models of specific markets, and work with clients. Starting off in a job like that, eventually students may decide, if they enjoy that type of work, that they want to go on to get an MBA or even a PhD. But there are lots of jobs for undergraduates. Made majoring in economics. Many government agencies, the U.S. government has a job site. It's called USA Jobs. And if you look there, you will see that there are thousands of openings around the country and in Washington for individuals who have a background in economics. May I just say that was the most comprehensive answer I have
0: ever received to the first question that I asked Thank you so much. Well, my pleasure for offering all of those paths, many different paths, many, many different, different paths. To do. You almost could have said it's every potential career track, with the exception
1: of one. <laughs> it's probably not good for the arts. And, uh, for the but arts, even, but even in arts management and an economics, developable skills. Sure,
0: isn't that wonderful, Janet? What is a useful skill or skills that you have looked for in the young people that you've hired over the course of your career?
1: Well, first and foremost, some familiarity with economics and economic reasoning. But beyond that, strong computer skills and knowledge of statistics, solid math skills. Ultimately, I ask in hiring people whether or not they have analytic skills? Can they deal with models, understand linkages, analyze patterns in data? But at the end of the day, economics really is about people and how people behave. And I would also just add that an interest in people and insight into how they make decisions and what they care about is ultimately important as well. It sounds like having a curious mind. Yes, I would agree with that. That's a very important skill. And what about empathy? Well, I think empathy really is important. And ultimately, it's what drives many people to study economics because they learn through their life experiences that Many of the problems that individuals and families suffer from, whether it's problems in the job market or problems gaining health care, have an economic element to them. And wanting to improve social welfare and be able to deal with those problems, help individuals and society Find ways for people to succeed is really what drives many people to study economics.
0: I wish you had been my professor in undergrad. I'm going to be sharing this story when we do our longer interview, but I got my worst grade in economics in college. I studied microeconomics. I didn't feel that human connection. Perhaps if it had been explained to me that way, I would have felt more connected to the course material.
1: Yes. I think that the failure to show undergraduates that this is about something that they care about and that it's about human welfare drives many people away from economics. And one thing we see is that representation of women in economics is low and much lower than it should be. And I think that you've mentioned an important reason why that's true, that particularly women who care about other people, want to make a difference in people's lives, may not see the linkages of how economics can help to do that.
0: You've already alluded to this in one of your earlier answers, Janet, But is someone's major a deciding factor to get into the field of economics? In other words, if they haven't studied economics as an undergraduate, is it a deal breaker for them to get into those entry-level jobs that you mentioned?
1: I think some economics is necessary to get those jobs, but it needn't necessarily be that a major is required. And particularly those who have perhaps majored in business or in math or statistics or computer science, but have had some exposure to economics, a minor, some coursework in economics would be able to qualify for those jobs. What about life experiences? What do you think are the most
0: important life experiences that a young person could
1: get to help them starting out in this field? That's really hard to say. There are many routes into economics and different reasons that people become interested in the field. So there's no simple answer to that question. But lots of students at high school level or undergraduate level will do an internship of some sort. And often the experiences that you would have in an internship would alert you to the role that economics plays in society and in life more generally, and a lot of possibilities. Recently, for example, I met with somebody who had become a doctor and she was caring for patients and went to a developing country for a summer of work. And when she was there, she saw that possibility of bringing real improvements in health to the poor people that she was dealing with in this Latin American country. She saw that the healthcare delivery system was broken, that there was very little access to appropriate medications, and that public policy in this country really wasn't focused on how to improve the delivery of healthcare to the population. And that experience drove her to end up getting a PhD in economics along with her MD and to end up on a faculty where she both treats patients and studies the economics of healthcare. Some students will work for a business over a summer and realize that many business decisions, where to produce something, what to produce, who to employ, how to set up a compensation system, really these are fundamentally economics decisions and they'll become very interesting. Interested in a business career and see how economics can be relevant to that. There are many possibilities. And different kinds of experiences, working on Wall Street, working in a bank, seeing how the financial system plays a role in helping somebody start a business or take out a loan maybe is necessary for them to get ahead, send their child to college. Any of these kinds of experiences can lead to a light bulb going off in which you see, yeah, economics is so relevant to success and people thriving in different areas of activity. So
0: the other question you've already alluded to, or at least the answer you've alluded to, is whether a graduate degree is necessary, less so for the entry-level positions, but absolutely for someone who wants to build a career in the field of economics. Is it a must-have?
1: There are jobs that would be labeled economist that do not Require a PhD in economics. I can think of, for example, jobs working on Capitol Hill for members of Congress, helping them devise legislative priorities and develop policies. There were people who worked in the White House. Many government agencies typically would have something more than an undergraduate degree, but it might be a master's in public policy. It might be a master's in international affairs. Treasury, for example, has many jobs for people with those degrees, but There are some positions, and typically those positions that require or involve a great deal of research in economics, high-level policy formulation, and certainly academic careers that do require a PhD. Great. So here's an easy question. What is the best part for you
0: of being in the field of economics.
1: I like solving problems and I like working with other people in teams and I've had both academic jobs and jobs in public policy and To me, the best part is sitting down with other people, analyzing problems, working jointly to try to solve those problems. Sometimes it requires a lot of creative work, thinking outside the box to come up with new ideas, but working with people who share my interests, are fun to be with, are interested in public policy problems, and are willing to work hard to analyze data and think through issues, I really. Enjoy that. I think the time that I found, in a way, most interesting, although it was a very frightening time, was being in the Federal Reserve System after the financial crisis that struck in 2008. And the issues that we faced were of devastating consequence. This was an event that took a vast toll on many Americans. And the problems were so serious, they really required out-of-the-box thinking. And Working in that kind of environment, trying to figure out how to make things better for all the Americans who had lost jobs and homes, and working with people who shared those interests and were committed to public service, for me, that was the highlight of my career.
0: I had never really thought of an
1: economist as being a mission-driven professional. Oh, very much so. Different parts of government have different missions. But for example, in monetary policy in the Federal Reserve, our mission is maximum employment or full employment, making sure that the economy is producing a strong enough job market, enough jobs in the aggregate so that people who have skills and want to find work, find decent conditions in which they can fulfill those aspirations. That is very much a mission. And it's very much what we were committed to and a safe and sound financial system. Of course, we don't want to have another financial crisis in this country. And I think it's fair to say that all the people with whom I worked in the Federal Reserve shared those things as their key mission. Wonderful.
0: So the flip side, to the best part of being an economist. What for you is the part of being an economist that sucks the most?
1: The job is always interesting and there is not that much about it that I would say sucks. But for me, seeing policies that we have carefully put in place that we think are important rolled back or undone is heartbreaking. And I would say that I am very concerned with what I've seen since leaving the Federal Reserve or even during my final year there since President Trump was elected. We had a devastating financial crisis. We worked very hard to put in place policies that would make that less likely in the future that would lead to a stronger financial system really only a decade has passed since that crisis and yet we're seeing a rollback of the policies that I think have helped to make us safer so it's things like that when policy looks like it's moving in the wrong direction when Work that once taken pride in accomplishing looks like it will be undone. That is a distressing state of affairs. I would say it's probably worse than a gut punch. It is. It is.
0: Janet, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten?
1: I think it's just to find something you really love doing. I mean, I think a good career starts with figuring out what makes you feel energized. Java helps. But beyond that, having work that you really enjoy doing, that you find exciting, that you want to spend your time doing. Most of us, a career is an important part of our lives. We work with other people. We work for organizations. We do activities. It's really important that this be not work, but something that shapes your identity and that you feel passionate about. So whether that's economics or it's something else. Find something that you feel passionate about. And when you choose an organization to work for, make sure you understand what their mission is, that they have a mission and that you identify with that mission. You feel proud to be part of that organization and that you like the way the organization works and that when you go to the office every day and you work with colleagues, these are people you respect, you enjoy, you feel that you share something deep in common because that's really what work life is is about. And
0: so many of us end up spending more time with our colleagues than we do with our own
1: family members. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so making sure that that's a satisfying part of your life, I think is very important. So we have two final
0: espresso shots. Okay. The second to last, what movies, if any, or Netflix shows or fiction books do you think accurately depict this profession?
1: Well, the movie that I would recommend is Too Big to Fail. My colleague, Ben Bernanke, is played by Paul Giamatti, and I believe he won an Emmy for his performance. And it takes you through the financial crisis of 2008 and shows how the key people who were involved in managing that, namely Ben Bernanke, Hank Paulson, and Tim Geithner, the problems they faced and the ideas that they came up with for dealing with it. And I think it's a very good depiction of what one can do with an economics background. That's quite an
0: endorsement. Okay. Well, make sure you watch too big to fail Java junkies for sure. Final espresso shot, Janet. What do you think people would be surprised to learn? About your profession.
1: It's something we talked about before. I think when you say economics, people think about money and production and goods and technical things. But really, at the end of the day, economics is about people. It's about understanding how people behave and how their interactions shape our society and their well being. And it is ultimately a field that is interested in human welfare and how to promote it. Wonderful. Dr. Janet Yellen, thank
0: you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. This has been such a treat. I cannot tell you how much respect and admiration I have for you and the fact that you made time to share your wisdom and insights with me and the Time for Coffee community. Thanks so much, Andrea. It was a pleasure to be with you.